Greetings, Embers. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I'd like to thank the reform members of the channel. Tina Mead, Seven, Luz Crispin, Tammy Slayton, CAG, Denise S, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Normie DW, Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Niece. If you would like to learn how to become a member of the channel or would like to buy me a coffee as a special thank you, both of those links can be found down below. Also, if you are new here and you are enjoying what you're hearing or you've been here and haven't done so already, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share and comment not only does it help the channel but it also reminds you of every time i release a video with all of that being said it is time to go back to ashes for once we arise from the ashes we are a bigger brighter stronger and a happier person in the morning sit back relax kick back grab your snacks or tuck in and get warm and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled true horrific camping stories Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. Now, to start this off, I'm a 29-year-old man, and three times a year, I head up to the Georgia mountains to camp, fish, and have a great time. But... After last trip, I doubt I will ever go again. I had been super excited the week before I was to head up to Georgia, and when the day finally came, I could have died with happiness. I loaded up my dog, Buddy, and all my gear and started the trip. About an hour into my trip, I saw a road I've never been on before. I decided I would take an hour to look around and go back to the main road. I lost track of time, and before I knew it, the sun was setting. I grabbed my gear and buddy and we hiked about 10 minutes before finding a nice clearing in the forest. I set up camp and looked around my camp. I saw a small man-made trail leading into the dark trees and decided that me and buddy needed a walk. I grabbed my walking stick, buddy's leash, and a headlamp and we headed onto the trail. I knew something was wrong when I couldn't hear a single insect or animal. Me and Buddy stopped at a little creek when I saw something terrifying. Two eyes reflecting from my headlamp. This thing was really tall, like six or seven feet, and the eyes were too big to be human. My dog is usually very protective of me, but instead of barking or doing something, he whimpered and pissed on my leg. I've never seen him act like this before. He's seen bears before and has scared mountain lions away before, but he has never peed like this. As Buddy kept whimpering, I felt terrible. Like, this thing hated me, and it could rip me to shreds if it wanted to. Then it made the scariest noise I have ever heard. It sounded like a maniac screaming. Me and Buddy bolted back to our camp. In our camp, I could still hear that thing. Needless to say, I was not staying here. I packed up the camp as Buddy stood watch. We ran to my truck and got the hell out of there. I went straight home and didn't sleep the whole night. Later on, I looked on the internet of what could have made that noise and nothing came close to it. I really don't know what that was, but there's something weird in the woods of Georgia. Several years ago, my significant other and I had to bust a mission to a place in Apple Valley, desert kind of area in California to these hot springs I had camped at. Our goal in mine was to recover the rental car that was rented in my name. My buddy had gotten stuck on a four-wheel drive only, steep dirt trail. I had met the owner of the lands of the hot springs before since he lives inside the log cabin that's built before you enter the parking area and start on the trail down to the springs. He was like a grumpy troll mostly due to some disrespectful assholes who had come to his land and brought their guns and to treat it like a shooting range and littered everywhere. 
Keeping his demeanor in mind from the first time I met him, I told my SO to shut up and let me do the talking because I knew if I could get the owner to soften up. He'd help me the next day to find the lost vehicles and also help tow it with his Wrangler. We end up getting along talking and he invites us into the cabin and he starts explaining how he came to own the grounds and how they used to be Native American land and is extremely energetically charged. And I had already camped here once before and felt that way without being told about the grounds. I mentioned to him that I was native myself and he said he was too. We shared one of the same tribes and bonded over it. I then gifted him an item I kept in my car for my powwow I had attended before. He decides that he'll help me recover my car and that we'll do it first thing in the morning. And he says I'm welcome to park my car wherever I want around the property and can crash in to meet later. Then, in a slight joking way, he says to me, Good luck. My car was a Scion TC, so it's a two-door hatch. Has a moon and sunroof. If you slide the front seats all the way up and lay down the back seats, you can scrunch into it for a night of sleep. So me and S.O. find a trail to park on, maybe a mile or two away from the cabin. Next morning, we wake up, pop open the trunk, the hatchback, and get out to take a morning piss. We both go separate ways, and then when we get back to the car, we notice a set of tracks that started from where some bushes are and stopped overlooking my back windshield and back seat windows. The tracks were one hoof print and one footprint, side by side. It only led up to my car, and there was no trail of prints leaving or heading away. It freaked me and my S.O., who had also grown up on a farm and outdoors, so has been familiar with most things. We both had stinging eyes of pure, oh my God, something was watching us. I see the owner the same morning to get my car, and gleefully he says, Great, glad to see you guys were good through the night. I never mentioned to the landowner what we had seen on that path. To this day, neither me nor my SO have any idea. Anyone know what this is or experienced it yourself? I want to start by saying that I have never been a superstitious person. I'm not religious, and I've never believed in ghosts or spirits. I study physics and have always been a skeptic, which is what makes this story, for me at least, even weirder. So I was a freshman in college, and I was going camping with some new people I had just met. We were going to a mountain where I'd been camping many times before. We get there at 1 p.m. and set up camp. It slowly gets dark and I get more and more drunk, but not too drunk. At this point, we're all gathered around the fire playing charades. It's around 10 p.m. Our camp is among the trees and there's a large hill about 20 feet behind us. I have to piss so I get up and start walking up the hill so that I can pee on the other side of it. The moon is nearly full and I can see perfectly fine. I get to the top of the hill and begin to walk down the other side, which is a grassy clearing that meets up with the tree line again. Here's the juice. Right as I'm pulling my pants down, I look at the tree line and freeze because there was a figure standing there about 20 feet away from me. At this point, I'm so drunk that things are spinning, but I realize that what I'm seeing is not normal, and I get a grip. I try and look at it, and this is what I remember. It was standing on two legs, and its entire body was white. It was definitely facing me and looking at me, but I couldn't see its face exactly. It had a larger head. It was so white that it was almost glowing in the moonlight. 
I honestly don't know how long I stood there and stared at it, but it was a while because I was still in shock. Then it turned around and returned into the forest, still walking on two legs. I ran back to the fire and told everyone what had happened, but I didn't want to sound crazy, so I tried to be calm and nonchalant. Everyone was so drunk that we all brushed it off and forgot about it ten minutes later. I even forgot about it until about a month later when those memories hit me, and it's been on my mind ever since. It has really made me question my beliefs about the unexplained. What could it have been? Has anyone had similar experiences? This happened in southern Arizona, by the way. So, it's the summer of 2013. I'm 21 and just finished my junior year in college. The second week of August, a group of my friends and I decide to go on an eight-day camping trip. There's seven of us in total, four guys and three girls. We're camping in a semi-remote campground in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. It was a large campground, but very few other campers were there. There were a few filled sites near the front of the campground, but we purposefully requested a site off in the back corner. We were completely by ourselves. During the trip, we planned a white water rafting trip for one of the days. We were hiking Mount Washington towards the end of the trip and thought maybe we'd do one to two other small hikes with one to two days of just chilling by the lake at the campground as well. We also planned on doing plenty of drinking during the evenings. The first couple days of the trip are fantastic. Whitewater rafting was a blast. Everything is going great. So it's the evening of our third day. We have a roaring fire going. We're all just hanging out at the campsite, drinking and fucking around. It's around 9.30 when a disheveled looking man walks past our site. His clothes are kind of torn and worn out, messy and tangled hair, etc. He looks maybe in his mid-40s. This isn't weird, though. We all just think it's another camper doing a late evening stroll around the campground. About an hour and a half later, we see the same man walk past our site in the same direction. This time, he is walking slower, almost with a bit of a limp. We're all pretty drunk at this point. I think one of us might have yelled something out to him, but he just ignores us and keeps walking. Mildly strange, but still is probably just someone who wanted to take a long walk. We wrap up the night at around 1.30 or 2 a.m. The fire is dying down, and we head into our tents. I usually love sleeping while camping. I usually find it extremely peaceful, but for some reason, I was having trouble sleeping this night. I get up to take a piss in the woods, and when I do, I see a faint light, maybe about 50 to 75 yards ahead of me in the woods. It looks like a dim flashlight or something similar. I decide I want to go investigate. I go back to the tent. One of my other buddies is still awake, so I tell him about it. We get up to investigate, and when we do, the light is no longer on. Feeling a little unnerved, I shine my flashlight around the woods a bit, but don't see anything. So I decide maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me. So I head back to bed. Sometime later that night, I wake up to a terrifying scream. It was Sarah, one of the girls we were camping with. I jump out of my tent as quickly as possible and nearly run into her as she's running back into our site. She's still screaming. She screams that there was a man standing in the middle of the woods. Now our whole party is awake and freaking the fuck out. I try to calm Sarah down enough to get her to explain what actually happened. She says she went to pee in the woods and saw the man from earlier just standing about 15 feet from her, not moving, like a statue. Now we're all freaking out, yelling, 
screaming, making a giant commotion. I'm internally freaking out too, but try to calm everyone down enough so we can actually do something. We obviously decide to get the fuck out of there. We frantically take down our tents, basically just ripping the poles out and throwing everything into the back of our cars. Then we sped out of there. It's around 4 a.m. We're in two separate cars and decide to just drive away from the campsite and try to clear our heads. Eventually, at around 5.30, we find a small diner that's open and decide to head in for some breakfast. We all have different theories about what the hell just happened. Some of us think we just ran into a homeless guy who was camping out in the woods and was surprised by us. Some of the girls think maybe he was purposefully stalking us. Either way, obviously none of us were comfortable staying at that campground ever again. I head back to the front desk of the campground with two of the other guys. We explain what happened and the guys at the front desk actually seemed to believe us but said there was definitely no other campers currently that fit the description of this guy. They were insanely nice about it though and actually refunded most of the remainder of our stay which astonished me. As a group we decided that fuck it we weren't letting one freaking guy ruin our trip. We find another campground a good ways away to stay in. Fast forward two days. We're hiking Mount Washington. We get up real early and get to the mountain at around 7.30 to start hiking up. We're a little over halfway up the mountain when we see the very same guy hiking down. Though this time he looks much better. His hair isn't crazy. His hiking clothes are relatively clean. We're all just frozen. A few of us let out a surprise scream. He just strolls past us with his massive grin on his face. Luckily, there are enough hikers nearby that nothing could really happen. We decide to continue hiking up anyways, since he is headed in the opposite direction, and hope we just never encounter him again. We did finish the hike and luckily didn't see him. After that, we did decide to cut the trip a couple days short. Looking back on it, we've all come to the conclusion we were likely being stalked in some way. If it was just some homeless guy in the woods near the campground, what the hell is he doing hiking down Mount Washington a couple days later? It was a pretty unnerving and bizarre experience for sure. I don't know if this was a windy boy or skinny boy or just a curious animal or what it was, but I had a pretty close encounter with something out in the woods, a park in Colorado. My family was out there with some family friends. They had a camper. We had a big REI tent. It was a biggish site with a couple large trails that came through to the road. It was a biggish site with a couple of large trails that came through it to the road. Although it's important to note that there weren't any campers in any of the sites within a couple of miles from us. We were set up in a little alcove in the bushes on one side and the camper van was parked on the other. So anyone walking those trails would walk between us. We spent the day riding dirt bikes and all headed back to our respective sleeping areas. But I, as usual, had a hard time sleeping. Around 2 a.m., according to my phone, I looked out the slightly see-through mesh of the tent side and saw a single branch or something across the trail from me, illuminated. I spent a long time trying to figure out what it was, and the light never moved. This and the next thing I know for sure happened. The next thing being footsteps. Slow, ponderous footsteps that made the gravel crunch, walking around the perimeter of our tent. Repeatedly, I figured it was just an inquisitive animal whose favorite spot we had taken, but it grew unnerving as the steps continued. 
The branch out my little window was still lit up. I started to drift asleep slightly, but was woken when I noticed the steps had stopped and the branch was no longer visible. But something worse was happening. Side note, it's possible I was dreaming by this point, but I was quite lucid, able to move, and the camp's layout was exactly the same. My dreams tend to screw with details and environments. So I find it unlikely. Anyways, the thing that was happening was this. A few feet outside my mesh window, I could just barely see a crouched, motionless figure. Its outline reminded me of one of the heretics from Outlast 2, a nude figure with branches around its head. I couldn't tell which way it was facing, and my night vision hasn't ever been the greatest, but I could still see it. My memory gets quite shaky here, but at some point the figure was gone, and I was able to see the branch again. It was starting to resemble a crucifix to me, though I'm sure that it was pareidolia. I fell asleep. The next morning, all seemed normal. The first thing I did was look around the tent for footsteps, but all that was there was gravel and packed dirt, so no luck. Eventually, though, over breakfast, we discussed what everyone else had apparently seen later in the morning. 2.30 a.m.-ish after I fell asleep. A single person walking from the trail through camp with a flashlight. It wasn't any of us, and any other person would have had to walk miles to get to us. We decided it was just someone who liked to walk, ultimately, but it still makes my skin crawl. Anyways... There it is. Any ideas on what that could have been? So, to preface, I would like to state that this story is probably going to read like the plot of a campy 1980s horror movie, and is going to be very long. However, this entire story is true. If not for being five miles from cell reception and the way the story ends, there would be a police report for verification. I will be changing names, locations, and some details in order to protect the privacy of the innocent. A buddy of mine and I try to camp twice a month now that I have a vehicle that can be trusted to get me to some of the more remote areas of our state. We planned a camping trip for the past weekend, 218 to 220, 2022. We chose a fairly remote location we had been to the previous weekend. The previous weekend, we were the only people we'd seen within one mile of our camp spot. Friday night, we got there and set up. The story takes place Saturday night. It's about 9 p.m., so the sun is long gone and the moon hasn't quite risen yet. It's pitch black out, other than what our fire lights up. Suddenly, we hear a man screaming. We listen intently, silently sharing an anxious look. At first, we were hoping it was someone drunk and having a little too much fun. But it quickly becomes obvious that this isn't fun party screaming. It isn't even like he's hurt. It sounds full of despair, anger, and anguish. I'm going to take a moment to remind you that this is at 9 p.m., pitch black night, in the middle of nowhere woods, five miles from the nearest cell phone signal. We hadn't seen anyone in hours. The screaming continues for what felt like hours, but was probably about five solid minutes. We had no idea what to make of it and started feeling extremely paranoid. We gathered up anything remotely close to a weapon and tried to come up with explanations of the screaming while keeping our eyes on the forest around us. After about 15 tense minutes of fear-induced paranoia, I nearly fell out of my seat as I watched a flashlight and lantern slowly enter our camp. I greeted the stranger with a basic, how's it going, before he was even lit up by the fire. He responded quickly but flatly by asking if we could do him a favor. 
That depends on the favor. My buddy and I sat in unison, obviously tense, holding our weapons very close to us. The stranger proceeded to ask if he could hang out for a second by the fire. Given the two of us and one of him, plus our maraud of weapons gathered from around camp to within our arm's reach, we decided to agree and let him hang out. After a short second of awkward silence, I ask him what the hell is going on. He proceeds to tell me and my buddy that he was camping down the trail with his buddy and that his buddy had snapped and tried to kill him. Wait, what? I said before the thought even finished processing in my head. Is that the screaming we heard earlier? The man slowly nods, staring blankly into the fire and begins a story. We were just hanging out, man. We came up earlier today and, well, my buddy just freaked out. He started screaming and screaming and just wouldn't stop. Then he attacked me. He lunged at me and I told him to just back off and chill, you know? Well, he kept coming after me and it started getting pretty violent and I'm pretty sure he was going to kill me. So I grabbed my car keys, the lights and ran. I don't know what to do, man. He chased me when I ran, and I don't know what to do. We don't have firearms or anything, but we do have a hatchet. My buddy and I look at each other for a second, completely astonished. Then something horrible dawned on me. Wait, he chased you? Like he's on his way here? Right now? The man just slowly nods in reply, and right on cue, like some terrible horror movie, come to life, we hear screaming from maybe 30 to 40 feet from our camp, down on the main trail. I just want your fucking balance, Gary. I want your balance. Gary. Gary. Where the fuck are you? Where, Gary? I'd never in my life heard a man scream like this. I've never heard anything like it in my life. It was a brutal, guttural scream that was shrill to the ears, yet deep in pitch. The sound of someone gone completely mad, and the way he said the stranger's name would switch erratically from long and sing-songy to short, guttural punches of sound. We killed our lights, became silent, and listened. By some miracle, the madman didn't notice our camp and continued walking down the trail, screaming the entire way. We ended up chatting with who we'll call Gary for hours, listening to the screaming getting further and further. Come to find out, they had taken 4.5 to 5 grams of magic mushrooms each, and his buddy who we'll call Ty, was a co-worker of his and was fined for three and a half hours, then suddenly snapped. It seemed as though Ty thought he could kill Gary and steal his good trip. We hear the screams get further and further for over two hours. By this time, it's 11 p.m. The moon is starting to come out, and it's below 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Ty had no jacket or flashlight, according to Gary. My buddy and I are way too drunk to drive out of camp to get cell service, as it was snowy and icy, and required two to three miles of highway driving after getting off the trail. And Gary was still slightly feeling the effects of weed and mushrooms, so he couldn't drive either. We had to make the decision to let the guy wander, hope he sobered up and could find his way back. And he did. Oh, he did. Right into our camp. We hear yelling after about an hour of no screams, maybe 30 to 50 feet from camp again. Hey, help, please help me, I'm lost. And we can tell the man's walking from the woods into our camp. We tell Gary to hide just in case and greet the man with me carrying my 12-gauge shotgun and my 40 caliber pistol holstered. My buddy was carrying his AK-47 style rifle and his two 9mm Glocks holstered. 
and with our flashlights on our brightest setting in his face. He was about six foot two to six foot three and approximately 300 pounds. We talked to him, decided he was calm enough to walk with, and walked him back to his camp. He seemed really remorseful, said he blacked out and didn't remember anything, and had a falling out with his buddy. We escorted him back to his camp down the trail, returned and told Gary that Ty seemed cool, and if anything else happened to scream and come running, we would come out and help him, if so. It ended up being a happy ending. We made friends with Gary, and I got his phone number to make sure the next day he got back into town safely back to his wife and kid and we're actually planning a camping trip with him soon but ty who wandered screaming like a deranged maniac in the forest potentially wielding a hatchet to murder your friend to steal his good trip or whatever it is your psychosis filled mind was thinking for the love of god let's not ever meet again It was early spring 2016. I had just turned 24 years old. My friend and I just reached our main spot to camp. Black Canyon, Rim Campgrounds, just outside of Payson, Arizona. We'd usually travel out here two or three times each year. It has some incredible views and is only a couple hours away from the city. For the most part, the area was pretty secluded a privately owned convenience store rested a few miles away, with a small town 20 miles before that. The entrance was on a dirt road, directly off the highway, with a campground sign at the start of the road, marking local wildlife and fire hazards, and just general relevant news to camping folk. The pathing is mostly linear, with maybe one fork spanning several miles. We once traveled down the dirt road to see how far it would take us. One of the paths would take you to another highway entrance, with a ranger's tower halfway there. The other path led to a dead end. An abandoned cabin can be found on this path, a few miles in, mostly hidden off in the distance behind some larger foliage. The snow had mostly cleared up at this point, leaving for crisp air, a slight chill and fauna becoming active again. We'd usually spot some wild horses, several deer, and tons of little critters whenever we'd come out this way. It really was the perfect time of year for a relaxing trip to get away from the city for a few days. We got in around 4 p.m. on a Tuesday. It was late for us, as we'd usually try to make it out there by noon at latest. This trip was pretty spontaneous, we both had work during the coming weekend and decided to just go for it. The sun was setting pretty fast and we still hadn't picked our spot to camp. There were maybe two other groups, both families, parked somewhat close to the entrance, only a few hundred yards away from the highway. This time around, we just wanted to get away from humans for a while. Customer service jobs will do that to you. We drove down the dirt road, past our usual spot, and finally picked the perfect area. A small clearing just hanging off the edge of a hill. The whole valley could be seen from this area, with a beautiful sunset. This would have been our main spot from then on, if the next night's incident never happened, that is. We agreed to get a campfire going and would just avoid building the tent this trip. We didn't have much time to do so anyway, and her car wasn't that uncomfortable. I'd sleep in the back seat and she'd take the passenger seat. With the window slightly ajar, we'd have a few blankets for each of us and would fall into that unrivaled slumber. The next day went fairly uneventful. We just decompressed. I had this strange feeling throughout the day, though, like we were being watched. There were crunching of leaves just out of sight every few hours, but I figured it was just the local wildlife doing their thing. My friend didn't notice anything unusual, so I didn't dwell on it. Night came, and the feeling still hadn't gone away. 
My friend must have felt something she didn't vocalize, though. She took some of her sleeping pills. She didn't usually need to take them on our camping trip. The nature's ambience was enough to put anyone to sleep, I thought. It was nearing 1 a.m. My friend dozed off into the passenger seat while I attempted to wind down in the back. I leaned against the side window behind the passenger seat, legs outstretched to the car's back door. The window opposite of me was rolled down slightly with a cold breeze blowing in. I had been on my phone scrolling through Facebook or whatever when I heard something outside. A few crunches of the falling leaves, several paces outside the car. I whispered to my friend, Did you hear that? But she was already out. I put my phone down and listened intently for a minute or two. Nothing. It must have been a small animal, curious of the camp. I went right back to my phone, scrolling through social media. About ten minutes had passed when I heard it again. Crunch. Right outside the door. I lowered my phone. My eyes took a minute to adjust from the light of the phone into the deep dark of the woods. As I turned the phone away from me, the backlight illuminated the window above my feet. To this day, I can't get the image out of my head. Two dirty, scabbed hands held onto the window. The fingers wrapped inside the car. The nails were long, unkept, and dark. Behind the window, a silhouette of a face was pressed up against it. The breath would create condensation every few seconds. All I could make out were the reflections of those empty, black eyes. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. It felt like eternity. The staring contest between me and this... thing. Thoughts were repeating incessantly in my head. Why haven't they ran away when they saw I noticed them? What were they planning? Is this the face of death? After probably ten seconds of not doing anything, the hands slowly unclenched the window and receded into the darkness. The condensation on the window dispersed. Another couple seconds passed before I heard the dreaded crunch, crunch, crunch crunch, melodically fading into the distance. I still just sat there. What in the fuck just happened? Why didn't I do anything? Why am I still not doing anything? With that thought, my body shot into adrenaline. I pounded on my friend's seat, waking her up from her slumber into a dizzy confusion. I unlatched and kicked open the back door and took a moment to scan the area. Whoever they were, whatever it was, it was gone. I scrambled to pick up any important camping supplies we left outside and just crammed everything into the back seat and trunk, periodically looking over my shoulder, listening for those footsteps. I slammed the back door shut, and there they were, a grim reminder of the horror that just happened. Two handprints imprinted on the window, I quickly wiped them off the window in a panic, a reaction to erase the event, I guess. I jumped into the front seat, started the car, and floored it the hell out of there. My friend, finally coming too, asked me what the hell I was doing. We gotta go, I said. There's someone out there. I didn't see whatever or whoever it was while fleeing the scene. Speeding down the dirt road, my friend insisted I slow down, and I eventually did. We reached the highway, and I proceeded to drive 20 or so miles before we reached a Denny's, where my friend asked for us to stop so we could eat and explain everything. The nightmare subsided a few months later. My embarrassment continues to this day for the state of shock I was in at that time. Everybody says you either have a fight-or-flight instinct, and I'm confused whether I have either. I mean, I just sat there and did nothing. 
I frequently tend to ask myself who was out there. Another camper messing with us? A resident of the abandoned cabin down the dirt road? Or maybe something more paranormal residing in the forest, watching lone, vulnerable campers as they drift off to dreamland? We'd still go camping there in the years ahead, but never too far from the highway. Whatever it was, I hope that was the last I've seen of it. This is going to be a long one, so I apologize in advance, but the background details are necessary for this story. I'm a 23-year-old female and was recently in Africa on vacation with my family, and we stayed two nights at a desert camp in the Sahara. The first night, my sister and I were talking and hanging out with the guys who worked there, who were all probably around age 20 to 35. It seemed they were just very friendly and harmless. I noticed at the campfire that night that one of the guys started paying more attention to me, and I felt a little uncomfortable, but I figured it was just a language barrier or something. So, out in the desert, you can see the stars really well, and even the Milky Way on really clear nights. But you have to wait for the moon to go down, which is around 2 a.m., I guess it's a normal thing for the guys to come around to the tents, which are luxury tents, furnished with beds, lights, a toilet, and shower, as well as a lock on the doors, so not normal camping, and knock on the door to see if you're awake and want to come out to look at the stars. My sister and I were sharing a tent, my parents and a separate one across the walkway. The first night, around midnight, I told my sister I was too tired to go out because I was falling asleep, so she left to look at the stars without me, and I didn't lock the door because I didn't want her to get locked out if I fell asleep. Fast forward about an hour, and I'm on my side asleep when I wake up suddenly to see a head peeking in from the tent door. I thought it was my sister, so I groggily asked her, what the fuck are you doing? Because it was just weird the way she was standing there. I start to wake up more and I realize it's this fucking guy from the campfire's head peeking in my room while I'm asleep. Now, I know it could have been a simple misunderstanding, but I felt totally violated with my privacy, especially because we were on their territory in the middle of the fucking desert like, I'm not kidding. We had to take a 30-minute truck ride into the dunes. I was in fight or flight at that moment. He literally woke me up with a panic attack, and I started to have a nervous shit, so I went to the door and told him I was tired. He kept trying to get me to come out to the dunes with a blanket. The classic male move. But I just kept saying, no, I didn't feel good and was tired which was true. At this moment, I don't know where my sister is. I don't know where my family is. I'm disoriented as fuck, and all I know is that this man is standing in front of me and was literally just watching me sleep. I don't know how long he was there for. It could have been a literal second, or it could have been two minutes, but either way, I was high-key horrified. I told him no again, and said I'd go look at the stars tomorrow night. He told me that he wouldn't be at the camp the next night, and that's why he wanted to go out tonight, but I wouldn't budge. Once he realized I wasn't going to come outside, he asked me if he could have my number, and I told him, hell no, I have a boyfriend. I don't, but it seemed the only way this man would respect my disinterest was by knowing there was another man in the picture. After I said that, he asked me for my first name, and I gave it to him because I thought it wouldn't do any harm. But then I said goodnight and locked the door this time. I went right into the bathroom and had diarrhea. Not important, just wanted to show that he scared the literal shit out of me. 
and while I was on the toilet, I heard him come back and start calling my name from outside the tent, but I just stayed quiet and didn't say anything. I finished in the bathroom and lay down in my bed, still trying to calm down from what had just happened, because my heart was racing. I heard him come back again, calling my name. I laid in bed as still as I could and didn't say a word. I tried texting my dad, but he was not answering, and I didn't feel comfortable leaving the tent. Finally, my sister came back, and my dad was with her, so I told them what had just happened, and they were confused and thought it was weird, and that was kind of it. The next day, I brought it up at breakfast again, and my sister and dad basically told me I was being dramatic and that I should just stop talking about it already because it wasn't that big of a deal. My mom was the only one who was like, yeah, that's not okay. The second night, my sister and I were both out under the stars, talking to the guys and relaxing. Keep in mind, it's very dark and you can't see any faces. So I was having a normal combo with this one guy. I couldn't see him and all was well. After a while, he asks me if I remember him, and I'm like, well, no, I can't see you. He then said, oh, shine a light. So, I do. And wouldn't you guess, it's the same motherfucker from my tent. I especially wasn't expecting him to be the dude in front of me, because he told me he wouldn't be there that night, which leads me to believe he picked up a shift just to see me, but... I can't be too sure. But surprisingly, he was fine that night and respected my boundaries, so I didn't say anything to the guys who ran the camp. I was planning on doing so if he did anything remotely uncomfortable, but he didn't. The next morning, we left the area, and a few days later, I start getting message requests on Instagram. Would you believe this motherfucker found me? I tagged the whole desert. Like, you're telling me he found me based on my name and a location? Not even a specific location. An entire desert. And my name isn't unique either. Anyway, he messages me, and although I'm creeped out, I'm also thinking, okay, well now he's harmless now. Might as well see what he wants. He says... And this is a direct quote. You know, I'm really so happy to find your account. I was looking all the time, which I found highly creepy to even say to someone. But again, it could be just a cultural difference. Who knows? I didn't answer. And he messaged me again a few days later saying, hey, how are you? But I didn't answer. So, yeah, I'm curious what you guys think about this. And if I was really overreacting, or if you think my literal gut feeling was right. He seemed to be harmless in the end, but you never know. This happened about eight years ago in August 2013. I was camping in far north Queensland, Australia, in a place called Barron Falls, which is northwest of Cairns. I, a 21-year-old girl, was camping with my two male friends who were backpacking from Estonia, Theo, and Charlie. Where we set up camp was not an official campsite. Rather, we walked along the tourist path, climbed over a railing, followed a train track for a few kilometers, and eventually veered off into the dense forest, downhill to the river. It certainly wasn't easy to get to this area, and there wasn't any mobile phone service, but Theo knew about it from friends who had shown him previously. The site was beautiful. We were surrounded by a tropical forest and were only a short walk upstream from the waterfall. After setting up camp, we walked to the waterfall, where both Theo and Charlie plunged from the cliff into the water below. I decided not to follow. I was, and still am, scared of heights and the possibility of hurting myself. 
I sat and watched them for a while before eventually deciding to return to camp and read my book. I was totally relaxed, enjoying the serenity, taking in the beauty around me. What had been an exciting, adventurous day was then interrupted by a deep, sinister laughter coming from the forest surrounding our campsite. Instantly alerted, I felt chills run through my body as I scanned the forest trying to detect where the laughter had come from. There was nothing. I tried to forget about it, convincing myself that my mind was just playing tricks on me. Theo and Charlie returned and told me that they had forgotten fire lighters for the campfire. They said that they need to travel to the nearest store to buy some and that I should wait at camp. I told them that I didn't feel comfortable staying at camp, but didn't mention the laughter I'd heard before. I didn't want them to think I was stupid, and for context, at the time I had quite a large crush on Charlie. Stupidly, I wanted him to think I was cool. They told me it will be fine, that they would be back before dark. Reluctantly, I agreed and let them go. It was about 4 p.m., and I continued reading my book. I began to think about it, and I realized that the walk back to the car was about 20 to 30 minutes, so they would be gone for well over an hour. At this time of year, dusk would be at 5.30 p.m. or so, and I would therefore likely be alone in this remote area in the dark. I distracted myself with my book, but as dusk began to settle, I struggled to read the pages, and fear began to set in. After about an hour, I started to hear footsteps in the forest. My first thought was that Theo and Charlie had returned, and I was instantly relieved that I was no longer alone. I listened for their voices, but heard nothing. My heart dropped. It dawned on me that it may not be them, and I started panicking. Then came the laughter. The same deep, sinister laughter I had heard before. Only this time it seemed much closer. I sprung to my feet and surveyed the forest. Then I saw him. He was standing on the other side of a stream which was connected to the river. Standing on a log, what I saw was absolutely bizarre. He was wearing an immaculate tuxedo with a top hat and all. I remember being puzzled as to how he was able to get to this area in such clean, formal clothes, and I at first thought he may be an apparition or that I was hallucinating. I did a double take, and I was not. I then studied the man's face. It is hard to describe, but he appeared to have suffered from severe burns and had deep scarring covering his face. His hair was shoulder-length, very wiry and unkempt. He laughed, that same laugh I'd heard from the forest. It came from him. We stared at each other for what felt like minutes. I'd planned to sprint into the forest if he charged at me, and observed that the small creek between us would at least slow him down. He then asked, What are you doing here? all alone with an unsettling smile on his face luckily I was able to remain calm and told him that I was camping with my two male friends and that they went to get some supplies and will be back soon the man laughed again he asked me how long we would be there for I lied and said we were leaving the next day it seemed as if this man wanted to provoke a reaction out of me that he wanted me to panic and run, and that he wanted to chase me. I remained calm and acted as if we were having a standard conversation. I think this confused him. Miraculously, I heard Theo and Charlie's voices approaching. The man seemed alarmed and said that he saw somebody else camping upstream and that he is going to check on them. He left, and minutes later... Theo and Charlie returned. I immediately told them what happened, and they laughed and thought I was making it up, that it was a lame attempt to scare them. Tears began to gather in my eyes, 
and Charlie realized that I was serious. Theo didn't seem phased. He was a very stereotypical backpacker and had the carefree nature travelers tend to have. Charlie, however, assured me that I would be okay and had me sleep between him and Theo for the next two nights. I barely slept at all for those nights. I kept listening for the laughter, but fortunately, never heard it again. For years after, I searched online for any reports of similar encounters. I never found anything, but I have always contemplated what would have happened if Theo and Charlie hadn't returned at that moment. I shudder at the thought. I would love to hear what you guys think this man's intentions were, and if I was right to be terrified. I haven't been camping ever since. This happened to a group of friends and I on a camping expedition for an award program. It was the second day and we were coming to an end of our six hour walk. We were walking across a small country road. The nearest house was pretty far behind us and way out of earshot. At the end of the country road was a bridleway that ran perpendicular, probably about two miles from a nearby village. As we were approaching the bridleway, an unmarked white van came up the road, and instead of stopping, he pulled up in front of us. The width of the van was about that of the country road, so couldn't get past. He rolled down his window and started asking us questions. It wasn't uncommon for the locals to ask us questions or give us words of encouragement, etc. But this guy just didn't sit right with me. Being an all-female group, and not to mention all of us were incredibly exhausted, this was a concern of mine. I brushed it off since it didn't seem to worry anyone else. I figured I'd just watch too many true crime documentaries. He asked us what we were doing, as many people had, and we explained the award program we were on. His questions began relatively normal, and small talkish, but they began to get more specific. So, you're camping out tonight then? We replied and said that we were, ready for him to drive off and we could continue our route. Where's your campsite? This sent shivers down my spine. This may not have been anything sinister, but that was none of his business. I feigned ignorance as if I didn't know where the campsite was and gestured vaguely in the opposite direction of the site. Again, I was just expecting him to shrug this off and go about his way, but no. Surely you must know where your campsite is. This is when one of my friends blurted out the name of the campsite. I froze for a second, but luckily he didn't hear this. He began to ask us questions like, is it near X? Is it that way? What does it look like? This was far too specific for my liking, so I maintained I had no idea. Eventually, he began to drive away, looking strangely disappointed, without saying anything. We waited until he was way down the road before we continued walking, a little shaken up. We made it back to the campsite and reported it to the counselor. I didn't get any sleep that night. Maybe I was overreacting, but I dread to think what could have happened. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true horrific camping stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.